Well, this morning's Sabbath day message is coming from the book of Isaiah, the 54th chapter. No weapons prevailing against us. Uh, now, what happens is, this is a message of clarity, hope. And we've been going along and we put together as the canon of scriptures, words woven together. It gives us hope, it gives us inspiration, but it t- speaks of our invincibility in Christ and the church's invincibility as we go forth in obedience to him and there's a certain purpose and a plan he has in each one of our lives and we should know that we will accomplish that there's, there's no weapon or nothing that can hinder us as in the book of Romans says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus but nothing only we ourselves can hinder us from doing the things of God, but to those that he had called, even those we shall do. We can't say no because God is shaping us and causing all things, all things to work together where his plan is going to come to fruition. All that he designed for us to see, say, and do will be accomplished. And so we have to start getting that mindset, that perception to see things as Christ saw him. He was our example. And as a man, his faith in God, his faith as the Son of God, walking the earth as a man, he knew of his invincibility because it was in God's Word that he was to do the works that God had given him to do. That's why on the cross when he last uttered the words that he uttered was, it is finished. This has been accomplished as no other high priest was allowed to do before that time. That's when God says, sit thou at my right hand while I make thine enemies thine footstool. No other high priest has been seated. When, when he was seated in the holy of holies, that meant his work had been accomplished the first chapter, that 54th chapter reads, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thine tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thine youth and shalt not remember the reproach of thine widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord had called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy Lord, thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness 
I will have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah shall no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that had mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest and not comforted, behold, I will lay thine stones with fair colors and lay thine foundation with sapphires. And I will make thine windows of agates and thy gates of carbuncles and all thine borders of pleasant stones. And all thine children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thine children. We focused on those that verse last week, that all of thine children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Some of that we are here today because this is a millennial reign of Christ. This is when the church invincibility to knowledge of God is multiplied. And the sons of God, that manifestation of the sons of God is starting to present itself it's that we're beginning to believe that the children of God, that great rock that smote the mountain, the unity of the world, the foundations of the world have started to crumble. And there's been an invasion. That's going to be my first point, an invasion. The children of God is going to be like they invaded the promised land. When God sent them to the promised land, the, the, the giants and the people that were established in Canaan land, the dread of the people of God, God went before them and caused the people to dread the coming of the children of God. They were invasive species, just like the species of the python and the anaconda that's invading Florida. And there seems to be no answer, but that's because Mankind is devilish, earthy, and sensual, and he's not getting instructions from the tower, that tower in heaven, that voice that's going out. They're not receiving divine instructions from God. So the earth becomes desolate and torn all apart, and that invasive species, which is us, we're taking the dominion. We are inheriting the places that was promised to us in his word. These things was promised to us in his word. It says, In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thine sake. Now that's a lot of people, nations, and different groups that are self-centered, Satan-driven, satanically driven. There'll be mega churches, that'll be church gatherings, that'll be all types of people coming against God's holy people, coming against the people of God, but it shall not prosper. He, he's telling us, he consistently telling us not to fear, to be of a good courage. Listen that he says, Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, 
and three that bringeth forth instruments for his work. And I have created the water, the waster to destroy. So all of these things that these weapons and these instruments of destruction, God's the one who had created all of these. So if we God's sons and daughters, we shouldn't fear these things. These are schemes of devices that's meant to waste and to destroy. But we have dominion by God's word over all these things because he had told us to be fruitful and multiply. So in righteousness as we are established, that's through the word of God. We are established through his word. Our inheritance is, is the word of God. It's the promises of God. These things solidify our inheritance because we know that those that are of the works of the flesh shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We know that the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven is among us. We know and we pray that thy kingdom come and that thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So as Peter began to grasp later on after the resurrection of the Lord, because this verse that he that was quoted is that the nothing was going to prevail against his resurrection. Satan himself, the gates of hell, and out of Peter's own mouth when he said that he must die death, and Peter had earlier said that that shall not accomplish that you thy art the Christ. He had declared him the Son of God, but we see at a point where he calls Peter Satan and he calls Judas friend because when Judas was in the garden Jesus asked whence comest thou friend but here also when he talks to Peter he says get behind me Satan that, that was right before this statement because he said Peter thou art Peter and a, you are, Peter, a stone. And upon this rock, in other words, Petra, this little rock, this stone, in other words, upon these statements, upon him, he's the chief cornerstone. He's the rock of ages. Upon him shall build the church. Upon his death, burial, and resurrection. Nothing was going to prevent the resurrection. It wasn't prevent his death because it was the predetermined counsel of God that unruly and hateful and murderous men would murder him. This was by the predetermined, predetermined counsel of God that he would die this death. Yes. That's his will and his will be done. He says not my will. Jesus would maybe if it could have happened any other way or whatever. He says nevertheless Thy will be done. That's that's the chief thing is his word. Nothing prevails against the word of God, the things of, of God. He created all these things for his purposes. Yes. The powers of hell, nothing shall be prevail against that. We've heard coming up here the Gulf War weapons of mass destruction and all types of instruments and weapons, and Satan is only a weapon or two in the master's hand. We're all weapons of tools. Everything works together for good. 
because God has designed it that way. All of the things in life, we need to ask God to see things from His perspective. What we need to do is be born again. After we are born again and in the regeneration, we start to see things the way God sees it. And what gives us that birth, what plants that seed of faith in us, is hearing the word preach. Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing. You see, so you have to have a preacher. You have to have someone to preach that word. Now throughout the whole earth, there'll be those that are preaching another word, preaching a twisted word. We may, we may need to talk about that. But in this evasion, in this invasion, we see where there's different metaphors or different terminologies that are used that only the children of God can understand. They didn't see anything about the new birth or anything doing Daniel's time or whatever, but just that the God or that the Lord of the earth would speak through Daniel and talk to Daniel and he was able to read the writing that was on the wall and today the writing is on the wall and only God's children can read that writing. And that word says many, many take care of you so far. And it was, in other words, Satan's kingdom, Belchazar, which is named Belchazar, his kingdom has been numbered and found warning. That was it for him. That night, Babylon was the fall. And right now, as God's people are called out of the world, Babylon is fallen. Babylon is fallen. So there's, there's no help for Babylon. There's no help for the world. These kingdoms has become the kingdoms of our Lord. We need to raise up and claim our heritage. Uh, a lot of people was preaching years back about the year of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. That's come a time when everything that has been stolen or taken, a time of restoration. That which the palmer worm, the canker worm, and the caterpillar and the locusts have eaten or whatever, God's going to restore those different animals, the, uh, the different larvae stage of locusts. Because there's a grown locust, there's a caterpillar critter stage, there's a canker worm stage, all of these different stages. So there's different stages of growth, but there's going to be a rapid return. There's going to be a coming of the kingdom, some to some, suddenly to some, ever so subtle. But God's not mocked. God is not mocked. And what a man soweth that he shall reap. But we see he names the time of Noah, as Peter said, as in the days of Noah. And the earth was destroyed by flood. That's a shaking of the foundations of this world, of this earth. But you see, God's children have to get an understanding from God to carry out God's God's how can we say God's plan we have to study to show ourselves approved but we must be first born again when they were in the garden we noticed that 
Satan used the sword of the word of God against Jesus when Jesus first was converted and Satan came to him in the wilderness after the 40 days in the wilderness Satan came to him with the word of God he came to him using the word of God trying to trip Jesus up he came in in Matthew 4 1 through 6 it says and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of God command that these stones be made bread you know we are in that same period in time now where the deception is at its all time highs Paul told uh, Timothy that that will be perilous times come men would fall away men would have keep to teachers having itching ears there are all Jesus said there'd be many antichrists in the world. There'd be many coming say he is Christ, there is Christ. There are gigantuan churches with tens of thousands of members preaching and teaching the word of God. So not realizing the sword is a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. A lot of them are given to hypocrisy. And a hypocrite, Jesus said, he'll deal with the hypocrite. So in this latter days, we see Jesus dealing and fighting against the church, those that are in the church, that are wolves in sheep's clothing that use the word of God for self-interest, for self-motivation, for self-service. Those are the ones he said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. They used the sword even during Paul's time. They were preaching out of different motivations to add to Paul's bonds of affliction. They were preaching for gains. When Demas forsake Paul for this present world, they didn't say Demas had left the ministry, but he had forsaken the preaching and the friendship and the going along with Paul. The Gnostics during the time of the apostle. The disciple uh, John in First John when he says they were not of us unless they would have continued with us. Yes. There's a lot of church dividing and a lot of people going and preaching for gain, preaching for self. The the in other words to fill their own bellies yes. for all of these things, and so. If, he says, if they bring not a speak according to this doctrine, receive not these people into your houses. Young man, the other day I was riding with I had to catch a Lyft or Uber. You know, it's a Uber, but the name of the company was Lyft. But he was a very manageable young man. A very man, man had excellent mannerism and everything, and, and me and him converse the whole time we was driving and I was going to invite him to the church or whatever and after talking I said well do you know do you go to church anywhere do you go to church frequently and when he said I go to church sometimes he said I visit the kingdom hall therein he was a Jehovah witness well I'm not for rustling or stealing cattle or whatever but I was wanting to 
him to pursue this because you have to seek and search after God. The words that are draw you, it's like Jesus a lot of times spoke to people and but we see the sword can be used for evil and for bad means or whatever but when Peter used his physical sword Jesus says put your sword up but later on he says Peter says we have one sword he said that's that's enough see but our warfare what we have to understand our weapons, the sword that we carry is the word of God. He's given us a sword and a rod. And as he told Jeremiah, it's to build up, but it also is to tear down. We have to learn how to use the sword. By exercise of use of the word of God, we learn how to wield the, the sword. We learn how to use the rod. As great shepherds, we have to learn how to use the weapons that God had given us. Yes. And this is the greatest weapon. There's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. The Word of God, the Gospel has the power to establish you. That's why He says He given them those that believe on Him. That He had given them the power to become the sons of God. The Word of God is what strengthens you. It is what helps increase your faith. But a faith without works is a dead faith. So we have to have those works in combination with our faith. Jesus sent out his those with a sword. He says, I've sent you. He says, listen, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be wise as serpents, as innocent as doves. In other words, you don't have a self-serving agenda. This is out, not out to get you rich. You're not aiming to get wealthy. You don't have an agenda. This, you, you're a slave. You're a bond servant. You're going to accomplish the master's will. You don't know what he has in store for you, but you know that you're serving the master. Yes. He gives you understanding. And when he says harmless as dove, that's why we see a Christianity that didn't emerge and reared his ugly head here in this nation, that's a violent Christianity. That's a hostile Christianity. That's a Christianity that, that, that we know Jesus said that he was the fight against the church. This is some of those false professors. These are the wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes. There be many among us that are not of us. Yeah. There be many among us that are not of, of us. But it says to be wise. In other words, we have to study to show ourselves approved. But we can't go out and kill for the sake of Jesus' name. He have those that do killing. He has those that do the killing or whatever. But we can't be those and the ones that are bloody with our words and our vocabulary and our actions and things, oh, we'll get the same thing that David got being a man of God and a man after God's own heart. We don't want to be like him because he says, David, you're a man of blood. You can't build the house of God. We want to be able to build the house of God. Solomon was a man of peace. And I say, we're going to get back to that. He says, great shall be your children's peace. Great shall be their peace. 
Solomon was a man of peace. He was able to build the house of God. He was taught of God. God gave him wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But through that inheritance, because Solomon inherited all of this stuff because of his father David. Now through that inheritance, prosperity and peace came, but wisdom and knowledge was the, was the precept that all this was built on because he didn't ask for the death of his enemy. He didn't ask for destruction and all of these other things. So God gave him much, much more. That's why two is indestructible. You remember I told you you're invincible as long as you follow God. You see, but you can't be fleshly or carnal or earthly minded because James says there's earthly or devilish wisdom that is sensual. Solomon ended up using all of this. That's why a man has to take heed to himself. You can destroy yourself, not that the enemy destroyed you. And I've always told you that, that this nation was like Rome. It was going to fall from the inside. It's going to have a destruction of self. Self is your worst enemy. Paul found that out that it was another member within his members working to bring him into captivity. That's the old man. That's the self. That's the carnal man. And you have to die daily. You'll get with hubris, a pride like Satan had. And that's what this nation had. This is a proud nation. The reason this falls so far and so hard. Pride. Pride coming before a fall. And see, that's why Solomon was given to vanity and vexation spirit. He had stopped listening at God. God had told him in a dream, says Solomon, those women will draw your heart away from you. No man can take fire in his bosom and still live. Solomon tried to take fire in his bosom and it destroyed him. He built houses and temples to other gods of all of these wives that he had. Beware of the woman. God had put it to where that you were ruler of bare rule over her. But you see, it had to be according to God. In other words, God has to be your head. If Jesus Christ is not your head. You're not going to be able to treat your wife and children the way you should treat them. So there goes your authority and, and the, everything that God has vested in you because a man has to know how to rule his own house. Now when Jesus states the invincibility of the church, it contains those that are spiritually within the church. Not those that are within the building or profess. Christianity that not, are not spiritual. We know all of this. That's what I told you. We have to see that he's talking about his spiritual children. When he says they shall all be taught of God, he's talking about those born again of the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Those that, that name the name of Jesus Christ depart from iniquity. They're doers of the Word of God because the Word of God purges and cleanses you, but it also consecrates you, it sanctifies you, it sets you apart from the world. Yes. You're in the world, but not of the world. You don't love the world, none of the things of the world. Yes. Now, 
instruments of destruction, instruments of destruction that I keep telling you because what happening, listen at I'll tell you, reading breaks it down some, and this is really more or less preaching than teaching, but Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, he says, Therefore I urge you to reinstate this brother that I had told you to be harsh on that was going with his father's wife that was his, his stepmother or whatever, but beware lest Satan get advantage over you. You be like the hard-hearted Christians in this nation today that are unforgiving. You see, if, if you're unforgiving and you're hard-headed and you have that disposition because it's all about attitude, those are the weapons that Satan used to do today is attitude, it's bitterness, it's hatefulness, it's not loving your enemy. We don't love and embrace one another. We're talking and competitive and so hateful and so have so much animosity and so self-serving. It says Satan will take advantage of you because you're ignorant of his schemes or his devices. It says, put on the whole armor of God. We have to be aware of the devices of the schemes of the devil. The, the, the schemes of the devil is grudges and bitterness. And you remember I told you, it's doubt. It's unbelief. Yes. Satan drives wedges in between us today. We're not looking because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Loosening the cords of sin that so easily binds us to bringing every thought into the captivity and obedience of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalted itself against the Lord and Savior Jesus. See, but, but the preachers are preaching prosperity. They're preaching money. They're planning gain. Godliness is gain. They're planning no telling how many church people went to this lottery trying to win this billion dollar lottery because it's all about materialism yes. this is being preached and taught in our churches today God says that people suffer for a lack of knowledge not studying to show themselves approved but Ephesians says put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to Stand against the schemes of the wiles of the devil because he comes at us 24-7. Yes. Satan is like that serpent. The one, the reason they call him a serpent, he lies in wait. Yes. He lies in wait and tries to get you with subtlety. He trips you up with words. He trips you up with emotions and actions. He trips you up through the lust of the eyes. You no, know, I ride with people and be with people that are always talking about cars, trucks, and looking at the material things in the world. Very seldom do people talk spiritual or see a spiritual aspect in something in the world. So the world was created, and God says everything was good, but our mindset has been changed. That's why we have to have a transforming of the mind. A transformation of the mind it says, think on whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good. Yep. But our thoughts have changed on us. Our thoughts are not like God's thoughts. 
That means our ways are not like God's ways. And the reason he destroyed the first world that he says about Noah, and when we were talking here about during the times of Noah, that God had restored the earth, he says, I think it was about that uh, when, see the, he brought desolation, he said, for the thoughts of man was evil continually. So he des- designed to destroy that world during Noah's time. And he told us in Matthew, he told us, Jesus told us, it's going to be as the days of Noah. They're going to be married and given in marriage. The same thing is going to be going on. And he says this here, listen to this, he says, verse 9, For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. So in the midst of that time, he's going to use a different type of judgment to destroy the evil and the wicked in the earth, because he told us not to fret thyself because of evildoers, because they'll soon be cut off. So God's people that are obedient to him, he is going to destroy the wicked right in the midst of it. As in the book of Daniel, we see where the power of God's holy people increased. So there's going to be a destruction and there's going to be a desolation as the time of Noah where he told Noah to go and be fruitful and multiply. Out of those eight souls that were saved on the ark became the world as we know it now, people as it is. But as we think about that, though, those people that came about, wickedness still came forward. The world is in that same shape as it was before Noah, as it is after Noah. So God's talking about a new heaven and a new earth. So this time it's going to be spiritual, though. He's going to take a man that follows after Jesus Christ that's born again, that's a spiritual man that's going to inhabit, going to invade the human body because what he did, he wanted to condemn sin in the flesh. He's going to condemn sin in the flesh. After he condemns sin in the flesh, he's going to transform that mortal body into an immortal body, into an incorruptible body. He is going to change and give that terrestrial body a celestial body. But that it has to be that you have to overcome in this earthly body, though. For him to change that body, he says, I want you to overcome because he had overcome. And the only way we could do that is by obedience to Jesus Christ. He's going to write his laws upon our heart and we go willingly obey him. He's going to sprinkle us with clean water. He's going to put us in a condition that we want to, that we're born again, that we the go up and say, let us go up to the mountain or to the house of the Lord and learn of him. Yes. The Gentiles and all nations are going to learn of this God. You're not going to have to tell somebody to know the Lord of God because all will know the Lord. Yes. Because the others will be cast off. A bit cut off. Now, now I told you indestructibility and destruction. You know, one thing that's going to have to be destroyed, that old vile tongue of yours. That's the problem. Your mouth, you run your mouth too much. The tongue, the power of speech, which people say is free, is very costly. There's nothing free about speech. 
much freedom of speech. That's where the biggest problem lies at is in speech. Let's look at that 16th verse, the B part of the 16th verse. He says, Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his own work. Um, behold, uh, where are we at here? Verse 17, the be part of verse 17. I, I put 16, it should be 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue shall that rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. What? Every tongue. See, it's the words that you're speaking. I told you, we're not talking about physical weapons. We're talking about spiritual weapons. Remember I told you about tail-bearing? People go back and gossip and tail-bear and backbite and bitterness. That's the problem your mouth. Talking. These false prophets preaching, the poison is in their tongue. When it talks about the poison of ice are in their tongue, in other words, it's a lie. You're always speaking a lie. You're speaking something that's devious. You're speaking something that's full of guile. You're treacherous, and that comes out of your mouth. Every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment shall be condemned. That's why it says... Blessed are you when men speak all manner of evil against you and scorn you and say all these things as Shimei cursed David. You have to pay for that. You have to pay for that. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. Men have died for saying the wrong things. The wrong words will get you killed. That's what that is. The power of life and death is in the tongue. The Amplified says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it and indulge in it will eat the fruit it bears and the consequences of their words. Beware now, you will have to pay for those words that you speak. That's why you have to bite your tongue. The old saying is you need to bite your tongue because words reveal the character. Words reveal your character. Listen at this. There's a lot of reading here. But it says, Matthew 12, 33-37 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is recognized and judged by its fruit. Now he's talking to the Pharisees who have came out in the wilderness. John the Baptist is talking to them here. He says, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man from his inner good treasure brings out good things, and the evil man from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give account for every careless, idle, useless word they speak. For by your words, that is reflecting your spiritual condition, you will be judged and acquitted of guilt, and by your words, you'll be condemned for rejecting me because some people say these things with their mouth they honor me, but their hearts are far from me. So you're a hypocrite. You're saying one thing and you live in a different area code than where you're talking from. They're not the same. They're not compatible. Your character is reflected in that. 
We have to be careful with the words. You know, like I said, the power of life and death, and people speak all sorts of things upon themselves and upon other people. The tongue is a weapon. Yes. It is vital that you realize that. James tells us about the tongue, and I think I put that on a separate thing. That whole chapter 3 of the book of James is about the tongue. A lot of people want to be before the crowds and do a lot of talking and everything. We have a, a governor that's trying to run for president now. He's good for saying and doing a lot of things. It's very treacherous. Very treacherous. I, I don't know if you've given up on the nation politically and religiously, but it's gone. It's, it's no redemption. Babylon is fallen but we see like the phoenix out of those ashes Jesus is raising up the kingdom of God that small stone has smoked the ten toes of this beast this is worldwide happening the nations these kingdoms are slowly becoming the kingdom of God now you remember I told you about that caterpillar and the canker worm and the locust it's different at various stages in different places but these kingdoms are becoming one kingdom, and that's the kingdom of God, because the government was to be up on Christ's shoulders. Yes. We will rule and reign with him, so those of us who are in the church, who these weapons won't prevail against us, we have to take heed unto ourselves, because this comes about by obedience to the word of God. It doesn't come by by the will of man. Now, there are a lot of men that wants to will things their way, but this does not come by by the will of men. So it says, James, not many of you should become teachers that is serving in official capacity, teaching elders, preaching elders, different teachers in the church. We see where churches are falling apart because of women teachers or different people teaching because it's not just you filling a role of being in a place because God has a place in the body of Christ designed for each one of us. That's why I said if you hungered and thirsted after righteousness, if you trying to find God, he says searching you will find. You might, you must not be searching hard enough. You're not looking hard enough. It's not just going to come flop down on you like that man that helped train me be talking about the birds and God feeded the birds. You don't see sparrows and things. But one thing about them, they have to come down off of that limb and kick around the leaves and the yes. dirt to find earthwind for them. Yes. Yes. Faith without works is a dead faith. You have to search for God. When you seek for Him with all of your heart, when you thirst and hunger after these things. Yes. He says, Be not many teachers for you know that we who teach will be judged by a high standard yes. because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly it's harder to unlearn error than it is to be not ever taught to whom much is given much is going to be required for we all stumble in sin in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says that is Never saying the wrong thing. He's a perfect and fully developed man without any serious flaws. But we all offend in word. Jesus was the only perfect one. That's who we're trying to follow. That's why we have to be slow to speak and quick to hear. He says, you're able to bridle his whole body and rein in his... 
entire nature, that is, taming human faults and weaknesses. Now, if we put bits into a horse's mouth to make them obey us, we guide about their whole body. And just as a ship is guided about by a small rudder, the tongue is the same way. It's a small part of the body, yet it boasts very great swelling words. See how great a forest is set on fire by a small spark. That wildfire in Canada, wildfires start from maybe one little match, one little coke bottle or something thrown in a forest or somewhere, and the sun hitting and glistening off that body, and it gets hot enough to spark a fire. It just takes a small spark. Just one word said, a brother easily offended. You can offend someone with the words you say, and that person will hate you the rest of their life. And the tongue is the very uh, set on fire, the very word of world of injustice and unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members as that which contaminates the whole body. It defiles the whole body. And we're talking about that tongue. We have to be careful. Some men curse men with that same tongue that they go and bless God with these things ought to be so that's hypocritical that's not the defining whole, who that whole character is our tongue should reflect the precepts of God the yes. things of God and I copied that whole chapter in the amplified version for you to read and study or whatever because that's our problem that keeps us from inheriting. It is God who had created all of this evil and stuff in the world. A lot of people say, God doesn't do this. God says he does everything. God says he does everything. Now as we look at chapter, at this, as we look at this chapter, verse 16, 54th chapter of Isaiah, Behold, I have created that smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. So that's why he raised up Pharaoh to accomplish his purpose of doing what he did to his people. That's why the Assyrian. Now all of these things we have to study the word of God to understand what I'm saying. That's why I said we have to get knowledge and understanding from God. A lot of people bring in a worldly understanding of meaning. I, I don't like to say what other people say because I've never heard them say this or whatever, but it's been carried on of what this, how this rich, wealthy movie star talk show host said some things about why they don't believe in God, the God of the Bible as stated. But we have to believe on the God of the Bible as stated. Yeah. Isaiah 50, 45, 6-7 says that people may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that is all over the world that there is no one or no other God except me. I am the Lord and there is no other. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing peace and create, creating disaster. I am the Lord who does all things. That's what God's Word says now. Yes. God's Word says that. In the book of Amos, he says, 
and or not evil or wickedness happened in the city and I had not done it. Because this what happens is the judgment of God. That's why we got to fear such a God of that. Stop making Jesus some milquetoast God that doesn't do what he threatens to do. That his word threatens to do. That doesn't accomplish his purpose. God will kill you. God spoke to Adam the day that you eat of that tree, you shall die. That's what he said. That's what he meant. Satan is the one that came along twisting what God says and said, you shall not surely die. Now you're playing with words. You're parsing words. You spiritually died that day. Physically, he hung around for a while. But he was dead as a donut the day he ate of that tree. Everywhere the sole of our feet touches, we're taking dominion, destroying and annihilating the enemy. And we must learn that that God had given us the dominion. And by speaking the word, we take that dominion back by obedience. That's the inheritance of the saints. It says, that is our inheritance. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord, because what? He imputes us his, his righteousness. So that third point is inheritances. This peace, the righteousness. Now listen at all of that. It's spiritual, isn't it? It's not physical. It says this peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over the opposition is the heritage of the children of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. That's their vindication. Vengeance is not theirs. Vengeance belongs to the Lord, and he takes vengeance. That's not in our hands. But it end up he giving us the credit and the glory for it because we have overcome this in his way, the way he tells us to do. We walk after him, walking after the Lord. Now you have to be careful of the Judaizers in concluding this. And let me, I, I maybe put that name pretty wide, the Judaizers. Those are those that use the law as a weapon. But you remember Jesus died to free us from the law. Yes. We are in the grace and truth. We're in the grace and truth, and by faith we have established the law. What the Pharisees kept trying to pin Jesus' feet down to the Sabbath? Isn't man always trying to make you prove the scriptures that you are Christian or you are? We know that there's no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That's why when Paul spoke in the book of 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter through the 6th verse he says now I Paul myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who are in presence and base among you but being absent and bold towards you but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with you with that confidence in other words you don't have to go about the way people are doing bolsterous in trying to be, like they say, manly man. And with the Republicans and some of them like, oh, these Democrats are wimp, these are... You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. 
See, sometimes a person doesn't talk with this. How can I say this? I'm trying to find the proper word here. Because there are those that are overbearing and lords over God's flock. The other day, Rachel Maddow had an article that she was talking about that came from the Heritage USA in which they want to enact with the next president, which they're hoping is a Republican coming from their ranks, that he become authoritarian, that he knock down the form of government that we have now. And the people that are following this, notice in the revelation, book of Revelations that the people gave power to the beast. Men without character, government without a real true godly nature, this is turned over to them and the false prophet hear me? The false prophet helps enable this power and cause them to worship the beast. So this is a governmental leader where religion, and that's what happened with a lot of churches that's causing the division now, the people are seeing that the churches are causing people to fall in line with their form of government, their form of rulership that's anti-God, that's anti-Christ. And when I say anti-God and and anti-Christ, this is another Jesus. This is the one Paul spoke of that was not Jesus. See, anti doesn't mean another. This means in place of, in other words, one that's not against, but that are duplicating Jesus. This is Satan's ministers transformed into ministers of light because as I told you in point two, that Satan came with a sword. He came with the word of God quoting and preaching the word of God to Jesus. But he didn't understand what he was quoting. He didn't grasp that it was condemning himself. The words he spoke, and that's why Peter says a lot of people quote and follow the apostle Paul whose words are hard to understand to those that are unlearned bringing swift destruction upon themselves. So the churches are bringing destruction. People are bringing destruction on themselves. They're self-destruction. They're self-destroying. That's why he says that your enemies will be those of your own household. But the true people of God love their enemies. They love their brothers and sisters just like Joseph loved his brothers. But they were wicked to the core. They never did change. After the father died, they were still scheming and lying to Joseph and says, well, dad says you be good to us and don't remember what we did to you. Joseph said, why you even bring something like that up? Am I in the place of God? So when he said, when we think about the weapons of our warfare and no weapon formed against us, really, we're not thinking as a criminal element about guns and criminality and that's why a lot of people are voting the way they're voting today. But Christ have already told us wars and rumors of wars will start. Men will be lovers of themselves. All of this killing and thing that's going on is going to be t- as the days of Noah. 
we know he says, but it shall not come nigh thee. So the weapons of the that's rising up against us, the most dangerous ones are the spiritual weapons. The the ones that have poison tongues, the deceit, the deception. It says Satan deceiveth the whole world. We need to be aware of his devices and it's coming through religion. It's coming as Antichrist. It's coming preaching and teaching the word of God. That's why it says, if possible, the deceiving the very elect. That's why we have to study the word of God and be obedient to the word of God. Because after the prophet of God had delivered his message to the king and God had told him to go a different way, and not eat or drink with anybody, it was an old former prophet that lured him into eating dinner with him and saying that God had sent him to tell him something else. Beware of people when they come up to you and say, the Spirit told me to tell you this. God told me to tell you this. After that gentleman left, a lion killed him and destroyed him. The lion wasn't hungry because the lion and the donkey was sitting right on the side of the road. If the lion was hungry, if he didn't eat the man, he would have eaten the donkey. But they just sitting there looking. See, we're not aware of the burning bushes. God has signs and all of these things up. And as I was telling you this morning about when you call about 6, 6.30 this morning, and, well, you were texting and then I called and the air condition was at 90 degrees. I say it's at 90 degrees and it's this time of morning. It's broke. Something is wrong. We have to have service at 10 and the air's not working at 6. But no weapon formed against us. Here we are. We're about to close service. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He's not saying that weapons won't come up against you. He's not saying that you won't have a hard time. He's not saying that Satan won't kill some of them. But the prosperity is just like Job lost those seven sons and three daughters. We noticed that God had doubled everything back. So in the resurrection, you have many sons and many daughters. Some things you get into this life. But we know that there are some people are penniless and broke here as the widow who throw in her two mites. But those are the ones that are laying up treasure in the heavens and I have many mansions. We'll have many mansions because their treasure is stored up in heaven. They're not like the lottery player playing young root, rich young ruler, who was man of great wealth, apparently a religious man because he said he had kept all of those commandments. But when Jesus says, sell all of them that you have and give it to the poor, and follow after me. Well, he would have been very wealthy and eternally in the kingdom of God. But he went away wroth because it was the cause for sacrifice. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this day, Lord God. I ask you to strengthen.